Yeah, so so that's kind of how the movie takes it. That's where the movie kind of goes with it. He, uh, Mark loses his job as a uh, as a coach, and um, and then uh, John hires him to come to his farm and and be in the Foxcatcher League or whatever it is, Foxcatcher grouping, whatever. Um, but in reality, it didn't exactly happen like that. So from what we learned through the website um, and through some other research, uh, Mark had just lost his job, uh, got fired from a, a different position, and John DuPont was actually teaching at Villanova. He was a coach at Villanova. And um, he got Mark to come on with him as an assistant. And uh, soon after, Mark got fired for... Um, for a party yeah supposedly again we weren't there yeah <laughs> apparently yeah. we should have been there because it was an epic party he threw and yeah apparently there was right. some you know uh what do you call them minors minors with alcohol and one thing led to another so again in the film um he just kind of gets this offer invitation from john dupont and follows up with it um and apparently in reality he was going through a string of bad luck where he had uh you know just lost his job of a coaching uh wrestling and moved on to another coaching position and it was on a string of losing his job there and yeah. dupont had offered him kind of a way out if he went uh, to yeah. the farm and i wouldn't be surprised if somehow he orchestrated uh that party <laughs> he, just to force him had a hand yeah <laughs> in. totally ky <laughs> yeah, ky 10 fingers deep yeah. uh, four fingers and two thumbs <laughs> Um, so that's kind of what happened and uh, actually Dave never became a part of Foxcatcher until Mark had already left and, um, and and that's reality versus real reality yeah <laughs> so uh, so yeah and in the film uh, they're pretty much there concurrently Mark is there at first and things get very weird and uh, John DuPont always wanted to have Dave there but again Dave has a family and so he makes his decisions more patiently and based on a lot of more sound decisions uh, than Mark mm -hmm. so uh, Mark saw the opportunity pursued it uh, probably bit off a little more than he could chew because he ends up finding out about John's tendencies he kind of pops by the cottage late at night uh, he had all these you know people living in their own little one-off homes on his property and uh, he just kind of stopped by whenever, and it's kind of weird. I mean, yeah, it's his house, but it's like, yo, <laughs> there's there's no expectation of privacy or yeah. time to yourself. And so um, he was expected to always be training, and uh, one morning he wasn't. And that kind of set off DuPont, and they also had uh, other issues that were keeping Mark distracted, which I thought they illustrated well in the film, was uh, them doing cocaine together, right? Because that's preparing for Olympics. Cocaine's probably not... What yeah. you want to be on? Maybe caffeine, but I don't know about cocaine. Yeah. And then, um, <laughs> and then on top of that, they hinted at this very sexually charged relationship between Mark and Dupont, uh, 
which Mark claims never happened. Mark very much dis- disliked that part of the film. Right. Uh, but I think it added a lot to the tension, again, of Hollywood, right? Yeah. Of like dressing it up and one of those creative decisions they made and yeah. uh, Channing Tatum, you know, be, being a, like Mr. Fucking Magic Mike and all this other shit. He knew, he, he you know, his character, he took, he took the, what do you call it? He took it all in good stride. Yeah. <laughs> took one for the team. He took the, <laughs> took the blow well yeah (laughs) um Uh, and that really added a lot to like the the drama yeah and that kind of helped accelerate that turn of events of like okay we need dave and now it made the arrival of dave that much more tumultuous because you have mark who's trying to speak with his fellow colleague olympic gold wrestling brother Mm -hmm. and also his boss so in the movie they both kind of show up together or they don't show up together but they they come together and they're at Foxcatcher Farms at the same time um, while that wasn't actually the case what really happened was that Mark was there for a number of years and he left due to uh, not being a big fan of John DuPont and Dave comes in and Dave was there for about six years until he wanted to move on he wanted to go teach somewhere else and uh he was going to do this after the uh 1996 olympic games which happens ironically in atlanta john was not a huge fan of that idea uh so much so that he uh took took dave's life and he did actually go and shoot him in front of his wife and um yeah apparently on his own property so he caught a body that day and in the film they made it the they you know they rushed those scenes um along so it looks like it was uh almost you know leading up to is very inevitable you know very uh ominous tones and shit like you know yeah bitch i'm gonna get you right so it was, it was in the film it was actually a fucking drive-by yeah, it was more. It was more of like, uh, "Hey, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm gonna shoot you." Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure I, like, how it actually went down, but um, yeah, and uh, ultimately it caught up to him, kids. So you know, when you're going through life making these decisions, you know, dare to stay off drugs. You know, uh, who am I gonna date? Who's gonna go to the prom with me? What do I do with this loaded revolver? You know. <laughs> when you start reaching these crossroads uh, you know which way is not to turn right mm-hmm. uh, because now you know with all that money you know it really didn't even save him from the ultimate end uh, when his apparent death from natural causes in 2010 in a in a prison cell so nobody wants that right just getting like toe up from the ankles up and, <laughs> and fucking stabbed and shanked when you know when your life was millions of dollars but uh, another thing that kind of hinted at uh, DuPont's madness like this tick was uh, this altercation if you even want to call it that he had with Dave because uh, again he expected wrestlers to be in the gym pretty much religiously right so we're talking about in the movie yeah in the film and he uh, drives to Dave's little apartment cottage on his property and he sees him playing with his kids and he just gets out looks at him he says oh uh, I'm with my family Sunday's family day John and Dave uh, has a tendency to call John DuPont as John he doesn't call him Eagle he doesn't call him Coach barely just calls him John and I think that you know kind of normalizes uh, 
you know, the thing there because there's no title, right? And uh, a lot of times when you're addressing somebody that's above you, right? You say Mr. or Sir, Instructor, Doctor, right? You, you, you give this appropriate title uh, of, as a form of respect. And Dave, in his character in the film, doesn't really do that. He speaks to more like an equal or just, you know, a guy that's off to the side and, you know, needs to be minding his own business. And John's face, I don't even think uh, Steve Carell's character says anything when he gets to that issue. Yeah. Says it's family day and he just angrily just gets back in a car and leaves. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. He just kind of, I think he just kind of walks away. Yeah. It was very, very few lines there, but they said so much with with their, uh, you know, the emotions and, and the scene that they created there. Mm-hmm. Just seeing one character with his family and really enjoying his time, which was what he was always about and why he didn't even want to go to Foxcatcher in the first place. Right. Because of his family. And then we have John DuPont saying, I'll pay whatever it takes to get Dave over here. But he did not consider that, you know, that nominal amount, that fee being time itself mm-hmm. away from the wrestling profession. And that just pissed him off. <laughs> so yeah. much so that the next scene is <laughs> fucking drive-by in action. <laughs> and to me, the sickest shit about it is um, when he's getting ready, John tells one of his staff members, go warm up the car. Right? Yeah. Why would you... If you were like just doing it off the cuff, right? you just hop over there on a fucking horse or whatever and just do it. He premeditated the shit because he said, go warm up the car because I'm not driving over there without the heater. Right? So, so much premeditation and seeing how it all just slowly came together for him was like, wow. This really, really turned from, uh, you know, this took a very, very deep and dark turn a lot of places here. This is not about wrestling anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really, uh, I like how the film portrayed the relationship between Mark and his brother, Dave. Um, I, I didn't really get a lot of, uh, of backstory on them in terms of their, like, how they actually were as brothers and, you know, if they talked or whatever. Uh, I'm sure it's probably in the book. Um, but in the film, you really get a sense of, of Mark really wanting to be in Dave's shoes. And Dave was uh, offered the position by, by John at Villanova before Mark and Dave recommended Mark to be the assistant coach and that's how he got his job with John but I don't really get a sense of their relationship from what I've read and what I've researched but through the film I see this kind of longing to be what what Dave is and where Dave has gotten in his life Mark hasn't achieved it yet and so he is aiming to get there and it's a really good like brotherly relationship that right. they end up having Having, um, yeah it's cool they both get gold and it's funny to say that so they both kind of do achieve it but I think you're right like um, he does want to be 
more refined, I suppose, like his yeah. brother. And when uh, the beginning of the film, uh, Dave is supposed to be giving a speech to some high school. Mm. But Mark shows up, the younger brother. And he's not as a, how do you say it? Articulate. Articulate, word savvy. Yeah, smart. <laughs> Simply put. Omar said that. <laughs> uh, Mark Schultz. Uh, Omar Torres said that. <laughs> And so that's the impression we get from, from the, the film. From the movie. <laughs> Take that up with the director. Yeah. And so <laughs> you approved it. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, Mark shows up. He gives a speech, and he's uh, going like to the the office of this high school. He's they're cutting him a check, and he say, "All right, uh, Schultz, Dave Schultz." He said, "No, I'm I'm Mark. Actually, Dave's my brother." Because apparently Dave was supposed to show up and give the speech, and a woman writing out the check and taking information looks a little off put, and he says. Well, we both won gold, something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, birth, you know, we're just as equally as good as you know, just as good as him. We both won gold, and that kind of resonates throughout the film. Like, I'm just as good as him. I'm just as good as him. Mm-hmm. Um, but we see his character's career take a like a spiraling down, you know, approach as the film goes on because he gets more and more off focused, and you know, his resiliency, like everything about him, you know, he just kind of psychologically cracks and can't seem to keep pace with uh you know with his own career whereas dave just keeps like going like he's on an effing mission and um yeah it's a good uh it's a good movie tactic because you see them having issues at first you see the conflict of the two brothers right at the beginning and you see it kind of at a a level where it's okay not great by any stretch of the imagination but it's okay and then it just goes down it goes further and further down as the film goes on and then by the end by the climax of the story they're they love each other like brothers yeah and that's the feeling you get you feel like they like like anything that were to happen to one of them would affect the other one very very much yeah yeah and dave even goes out of his way to say as long as i'm here in the film you know i want yeah. my brother to be compensated for his time as well yeah. even if he's not participating because he knew you know how much he'd sacrifice moving to go out there and, and how much he had to endure so uh so even if yeah. it's not like a, a direct comparison or di- directly associated to what actually happened mm-hmm. It's a good tactic by the filmmakers to get us to understand how they probably did feel about each other at the right. end of this situation, and um, and I I thought that that was pretty yeah. pretty good to get the audience on on page. Yeah. With uh, so that was like the the you know the great example of those two. And then uh, on the other side of the fence was John and his mother. And that was probably the closest other, you know, uh, relationship we saw with any of the other characters. And they had a terrible relationship. And you saw John all the time being very upset and jealous with her hobbies of equestrian sport and trying to displace that with his wrestling and always trying to get her approval. And then, spoiler alert, when she passes, you know, it phases him, but it doesn't, but it does. And it's like, it's... You know, he's all out of sorts. And, um, you know, you could just tell, like, you know, his mental health isn't there. And then that, you know, ramifications of that uh, is what we see in how he treats his 
his guest on his property. But very great film. I, you know, tip my snapback hat. That was. That <laughs> I was, wanna. Yeah. I wanna mention really quick that uh, that the relationship that we see prominently displayed is the one between Mark and John Dupont, and um, that. Uh, According to the research that we did, uh, History versus Hollywood, thank you very much. Uh, according to that research, um, that is not the, the relationship that was most prevalent. It was actually Dave and John DuPont who had a, I believe, six-year uh, connection. And Dave was thought to be the friend of John DuPont the one person that if John had an issue or something like that um, in terms of friendship Dave would be the one um, so I think that that's really interesting very true but you know maybe they, like you said one of those creative freedoms that they take when you're making a movie and, and yeah. if you have to cast a hero is it going to be Mark Ruffalo or Channing Tatum because <laughs> I think they took they took the wrong direction that they saw fit yeah. on that note. I think Mark Ruff, Mark Ruff was really, he's he's done a lot of really great stuff and he's always pretty solid. Right, right. Whereas I don't, I've never seen Magic Mike. Well, me neither, but I am so pissed off I was not an extra in that one because <laughs> I had the chance. Now I have to fucking stay in shape for like four years so I can be a Magic Mike 3. <laughs> Magic, Magic Mike 3. Magic Mike triple X. <laughs> Yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> the shocker I don't yeah. know what they're gonna call oh god no. oh lord okay on All right, that and note. on that note uh, <laughs> great segue appreciate that uh, so uh, Dom where can they find you yeah you can find me uh, online at Dean of the South on Twitter uh, Facebook I'm gonna have to get back to you on that shit I'm, I'm, I'm barely on that motherfucker but you know pretty much hit me up there or backstage.com slash Dom and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for now. All right, and uh, you guys can check out my Letterboxd, uh, see what movies I'm watching, uh, what movies I've watched, check out my ratings and whatnot, my lists, and uh, um, you can always reach us with comments and suggestions and anything else that you want to talk about. Um, at inreality at gmail.com and um, yeah let us know what what you guys want to hear from us or uh, you know all of that stuff give us suggestions and everything and make sure to tell your friends about us because your friends will love us very likely very likely more than likely more than I'd likely say. definitely tell your girls about us oh okay, okay. you're yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. All right. Yeah. Uh, girls, guys, your friends, yeah. homies. Uh, what are the middle ground? Middle ground peoples? Middle grounds. Whoever's not girl or guy. Non-believers, studs, all y'all. Non-believers. <laughs> yeah, them too. <laughs> yeah, tell everyone about us. Uh, we'd like to... Um, Babysitters, tax collectors. <laughs> yeah, so tell your friends about us. Um 
we'd like to hear their comments and stuff as well. We, you know, the yeah. more listeners we have, the better the podcast going to be. The more suggestions, yeah. comments we're going to get. The, that and, one motherfucker still selling Cutco. Tell, <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell them about it too. Yeah, yeah. So hit us up. We'd like to hear from you. 